welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. Welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm David. I'm David. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't establish that. We did not establish that. It's fine. We're gonna keep keep going. Here we go. Just like our podcast is uh, two dogs and a whale, we have two Davids and a Chris. All right. We're talking about uh, Airbud today. We're talking about uh, Beethoven. And we're talking about Free Willy. Uh, I, I, let's just start it off with uh, asking uh, Young here, and I'll go to Cantu next. Um, have you guys seen these three movies before? Before now for the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually grew up on these movies. Um, I think maybe I probably watched Airbud the most often. But I most definitely, this is one of the rare podcasts where I have seen every single movie that's in the lineup uh, at some point in my life uh, and remember it, more importantly. Nice, nice. Uh, then Cantu? So, uh, slightly more complicated way to answer it. Yes, I'm pretty sure I've seen all three before. I know for certain that I've seen Airbud and Free Willy when I was a little kid. Uh, I will be honest and say that I completely misremembered how those went uh, and uh, better than I remembered. I, I will admit that as well, uh, but I'll say more about that for later. And then when it comes to Beethoven, I don't remember watching it, but we do own the VHS and my family did cycle through them. So my guess is it just didn't leave much of an impact on me as a kid. But, uh, yeah, also everything I assumed that movie was about, it it's different. Okay, so I'm going to be uh, real with you guys here. I have only ever seen Airbud. Mm. I remember as a kid, when my parents would try to turn on, you know, Beethoven, I would say, no, that's a kiddie movie. That's stupid. I know, I know. No, 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 no trust me, I, I'm, I'm aware. There's, I had a lot of really interesting opinions as a child. Um, I also thought that SpongeBob was beneath me, but you know, no, uh, <laughs> I know, I know. Trust me, I'm confessing here. Um, but then Free Willy, I never see as my life. I've never watched watches. I'm aware of it and what's about. I just never sat down to watch it because again, I'm probably thinking that as a kid, this is stupid for this is for dumb children. Blah blah blah. blah you know, like I said, like I said, I'm better than them, right? I'm over here watching you know Dragon Ball Z on repeat. <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, that's my experience. Let's, yeah, what do I know? I don't know. Uh, anyway, let's get uh, let's get into uh, Airbud here. Sh- I should probably start us off by asking: Have you guys also seen the sequels to Airbud? Oh yeah. So uh, I had seen a few over at my parents' house, more in passing, because little siblings, uh, you know, there'd be like the Air Buddies movies playing yeah. every now and again. <laughs> and while I'm bringing those up, I just have a quick gripe. So I, I have spent a while looking for which app to watch this on, and uh, I was like, well, I'm pretty sure it's a Disney movie, so Disney Plus, right? Oh. No, sir. It is not no, on it's Disney not on Plus. There. But yeah, well, what's a, up with that? <laughs> a couple Air, like Air Buddies movies are on there. Yeah. So I had to make my way over to YouTube, and I just rented it there, right? And what do I see just right in that big opening Air Bud? It's just Disney's yep. apostrophe S, showing ownership. It's, you have the audacity to still make money on the Air Buddy movies, and you're not going to have Air Bud in the lineup. What the hell, Disney? Sorry. You know what? Get get Bob Iger on the line right now. We're calling him up. Yeah, it's like unofficially in the vault. <laughs> like it's got one foot out of the vault, I guess. 
I had to pay for a rental of Airbud. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with that. And the, the, the movie, I think, is okay, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that yeah. later, though. You know, right. I, I just want to start off by saying I, I kind of feel sorry for the dog in a lot of instances of this movie. Like, he's dressed up as a clown. And they put, like, shoes on later in the movie. And I'm like, how is this dog, like, moving around? He was <laughs> also all? inside that crate when it got hit by a vehicle, which... It did. Also, <laughs> what is her excuse? Where was she looking? They didn't even have cell phones yet. Scratch that. Actually... Somehow the broke down clown was able to have a phone in his car, in yep. his truck that I will remind you, spoiler alert, is falling apart by the end of the movie. Yeah. yeah. By the well, 80s, the, the, you the could have me... mobile phones in your car. Oh, I know that you could have them. I'm saying you're telling me this guy that can't afford to keep his steering wheel on <laughs> is affording a mobile phone in his vehicle. Because the clown business is popping. He's, he's justifying that. I, I will say, though, his car flying apart reminds me of a previous car I used to own. <laughs> very, very similar. Uh, is very the similar one I'm symptoms. thinking of? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's a little hard for me to laugh because uh, Tyler had to just come pick me up because my car just broke down on the way over to his place. So. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah, oh. It, it died. Who knows what's wrong? Anyway, um, I, I gotta, I, I do gotta ask this question: Why would they start the kid off on a trombone if, like, all the other kids probably know how to play an instrument? It's like just, get, just give them like some drums, give them some sticks. Like that's much easier to pick up than a, than a brass instrument. You haven't heard of the the famous trombone prodigies of the Seattle area? <laughs> no, I haven't. Is I is not. that a is that a thing? I missed the news. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. You, I mean, it's, it's kind of old hat at real. this point. We shouldn't have to go back over it. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I have one line that I, I really have to make sure we get in this uh, this podcast, which was, uh, "Josh, would you eat something, please?" And I'm just thinking, by the way, excuse me, lady, they had a perfectly good bowl of spaghettios right there that he was chowing down on. So <laughs> I don't know what she was talking about him not eating. <laughs> would you eat something with a nutritional substance, please? She didn't say that though. She said, "Would you eat something?" Please? She didn't I know. Say I'm amending substance. it for her. <laughs> Go, you're going back to the writers' room to fix this this doggone movie. <laughs> doggone. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So, Airbud is such an interesting movie from the get-go. It doesn't it doesn't pull any punches. We start right away with this clown with the broken-down vehicle, and you know his entire shtick is is marred with incompetence until he brings out the pup that he brings along. Um, and good to old do two tricks. It's true. Yeah. To, to be the only one to do successful tricks. Yeah. And I just think it's really interesting how it just like hops right into the main story. Uh, I will say that the other two don't necessarily do that straight away. Um, you know, we start right away with, the exact character we care about um which is our favorite golden retriever um and you know like you said chris i mean not not too long after you know we're dealing with you know a kid who already is like in you know in the fits of grief over the loss of his dad and trying to figure out like exactly what to do with himself you know after that loss so 
it's really interesting how quickly this story starts up. Well, so with, with the dad, it just tells you immediately, doesn't even tell you, it shows you immediately like what happened. It's like you could just infer, yep. oh, his dad's dead. Gotcha. Understood. Don't need to like, you know, explain to the audience. It's just like, oh, hey, dad's dead. Here's the mom. She's single. She's trying to, she's trying to deal with stuff. You're trying to deal with them. It's like, what are you talking yeah, about? Okay, There's okay. like no, no mention of the mom's dating life. It's true. Okay. Well, we know she has a boyfriend who just goes to a different <laughs> yeah, you're school. Right. Okay, right, right, right. okay, well, she's she's not she's not married. Okay, sorry, she's a uh, she's, she's a, been widowed. A widow. Yep. Who, and been, some yeah. of them, like I'm just saying, you might be offending some of our widow viewers or listeners who I love and would never say such okay. bad things about. Right? You're still married. I respect <laughs> your marriage. I'm not like Chris. Anyways, Chris, could you keep going? My bad. Uh, 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 uh. No, I don't. I don't think I want to anymore. <laughs> you know, I I will say that like so, you know, he the kid discovers Airbud, and uh, you know he's just some just some goofy dog, right? And uh, he learns he learns that dog the dog can uh, can bounce the basketball with his nose. Hell um, yeah! I I really I from what my my memory of this movie, uh, this is the only one I actually watched out of these was that the dog was playing basketball like way earlier in the movie, not at the very mm-hmm. end of the film. Like I, I swear to God, he was like part of the team for like half the, half the season. But I mean, I arguably I'm, 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 the mascot is, but yeah, no, I get what you're trying to say. <laughs> no, no, the, the, the mascots, uh, is somebody in there in a costume, typically about 150 degrees. Okay. And, see, uh, you're you making know. that point, but at the same time, <laughs> due to the canon of the movie, I, I think you'll remember, the better coach at the end when he's making arguments and they're just accepting all of them that that's actually the one of the ones that he says you know he's like he's on the team he practices with us he blah 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 point is he said he's on the team you're gonna argue with the coach about who's on his team chris knows yeah, i'm better. gonna argue yeah i'm gonna argue with the with the liar there that coach right there he said that's not me when the kid was trying to hand over the baseball card that's not me. And then like smash cuts to that same exact dude scoring basketball, scoring baskets, like way better than somebody his, his age. Swish, swish, swish. And so he's just, he's just, he's just a liar. That's what he is. That's because he works overnights at the museum where the tablet gives him youth and vigor. I can't believe I have to explain this to you. <laughs> have you not seen the other movies? <laughs> you know, I was trying to remember what movie I saw him in. I remember what it was now. Thank you. <laughs> I was looked. I was, I was like, Who, "Where have I? Where have I seen this guy before? I've seen this guy a few times." Dude, before. he's Arthur Cheney. He's gotcha. He's a freaking legend in basketball. That's where you've seen oh, him. Oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I remember him during uh, the Knicks season of whatever year they said that he was playing in. <laughs> One of the things that strikes people the most and the most often is, of course, like the dog playing basketball, um, and you know. I, it's really like it's such a small feature for the entire film like it's more about you know it's the story is a boy and his dog you know what i mean like that's what we're coming across and you know the the idea that there is uh, some basketball involved is more setting than anything uh which isn't to say that it's not important um i think of setting more than just furniture but you know I, I think that's what it amounts to, essentially. It's not just a footnote in the movie. It's actually like, you know, it's it's still a little bit there, 
but yeah, I, I see what you're I see what you're talking about. Yeah, I yeah. feel like what's being said is that even if you took the basketball out of it, you could still pretty you'd have a pretty all right boy and his dog film. Yep. Yeah, I would. It'd be very generic, that. but yeah, yeah, yeah generic, it would be far the, more generic. The basketball is what makes it Air Bud, you know. But yeah, so good on them for having a gimmick. Yeah. Also, um, the dog talked in the other movies, right? There, there uh, were signs. I'm, I'm pretty ones. sure just the buddies, right? Yeah, it's the buddies. Okay. I was like, I, I remember the dog talking at some point. I was like, this is that the in this one or is that in like another one? You're thinking so pretty of sure Beverly like the, Hills Chihuahua. <laughs> I, was of, I was actually thinking of uh, Underdog, actually, but you know, okay. good, good try though. Not gonna lie, <laughs> I almost got off track and watched Underdog instead. Yeah. <laughs> Neither of you mentioned Homeward Bound. I thought about to see another Marley and Me movie. Mm. Oh. The one where Marley talks. Yeah. He comes back as an angel. Spoilers. I'm dying, Owen. Oh, boy. That's oh, sad. God. <laughs> um, Put me down. <laughs> I, I will say it got darker than I was expecting. That That's for sure. Like the scene with the abusive coach. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, yeah, that was, was busted. That like, was... That was so effed up. Yeah, like, absolutely. And just just practicing, practicing some some uh, some drills. That's what whatever he said. He's like, I practice some drills. It's like, no, <laughs> no, you're lashing out at a child. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you know, I think it's interesting because the dog is a victim of abuse, and so for him to be able to suss out violent behavior and people who are exhibiting that is actually a really interesting topic. You know, like, I, I kind of think that it would be uh, an interesting case study to see whether there are dogs that are more sensitive to that and can, you know, much like a drug dog, you know, sniff out situations that are undesirable um, domestically or otherwise. I started thinking about that when I was watching that. Well, it was like, you know, gold retrievers are some of the smartest dogs out there anyway. So, it, I mean, I guess it would be that surprising if, if it actually could, you know, sniff out, like, just um, uh, feelings. Oh, least. yeah. I would say, though, it, I think it's a teeny bit more likely that it probably just heard, like, the child getting walloped with basketballs up the staircase. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. True. Too. That, too. Yeah. Dogs also, dogs also have some incredible hearing. <laughs> yeah, no, I had very yeah. similar thoughts. Spoiler, uh, when Beethoven, I was like, it's not Spidey Sense. He's using his ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big floppy ears. <laughs> we we definitely watched a, a few movies here where the animal is incredibly adorable, right? Um, or very fluffy and very like very very pettable movies. <laughs> these, <laughs> these dogs are very pettable. <laughs> Let's talk about something else that is true of I think both movies, and we'll get into the, this more inevitably when we talk about Beethoven. But um, even in Air Bud. It seems that both of the dog movies in particular, uh, there's a lot of shenanigans happening. It's not just like, you, you know, it's not this dramedy that like kind of, you know, like always focuses on, you know, what's happening emotionally with the kid who's the focus of the story. It's like we see a lot of dogs getting into like, messes you know creating messes yeah it's it's definitely a very like 90s uh comedy movie yeah yeah there's a lot of there's physical a lot of comedy filler. and a lot of yeah 
it it felt like a Disney Channel original movie. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. There's there's a lot a lot of uh, whimsical attitudes in there that is very like signature of uh, Disney, especially '90s Disney movies. I, I mean, like it reminds me a lot of the feeling you get like when you watch like Mighty Ducks, you know, where it's like that sort of like it's kind of serious, but also like you know you think you, like there's no like at any point in time are you thinking, oh no, this could be because this, this could get really bad. Like oh no, this this is like you know, but it's like uh, things are gonna be all right. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Nothing. There's nothing scary in here. There's nothing, you know, uh, too. Um, it, I, I can't understand everything that's happening in the movies, and you know, without any issues. Yeah, I think what we're basically getting at is they know their audience. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Disney, no way. <laughs> well, I guess this was the '90s. Maybe they, they, they still did. They still did the audience at the time. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. When you get to the early 2000s, then they kind of lose them for a bit. They've lost the thread before, absolutely. But this yeah. is not one of those times. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, the courtroom stuff was kind of uh, boring, and I didn't care about that, I guess. It's like if I'm talking about a negative part of the movie. Um, I just, I didn't care about what was happening. I was like, this is, I know what, where this is going to go. So it's like, this is just a long scene, and I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the jokes got old pretty quick. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Like the judge was like was kind of just annoying me. I was like, okay, we could get to the part where they they give the dog to the kid. <laughs> yeah, the whole like gimmick where the dog is barking at everything that's being said and the gavel and everything. I was like, okay, yeah, we, yeah. we got every it. Time the word fine. speak is said. Yeah. Yep. It's like, okay, am I supposed to believe that the clown taught him that one too? Like, geez. <laughs> right. I get why the tr- ball tricks happened because the clown. All right, fine. One of but... the lines that stuck out with me happened in the courtroom. It was when the judge is uh, hearing out the idea. Uh, yet another one of the ideas that the that uh, Coach Cheney has, which is to uh, you know let the dog decide. Yeah, he says he insults it while accepting it. Yeah, he goes. Um, that is, or I've heard a lot of cockamamie ideas in my courtroom, um, but I like this one, <laughs> and so he just goes with it. I I would love to have uh, if you guys are aware of the YouTube channel Legal Eagle. Yes. I want that guy to uh, examine the courtroom scene in this movie. He's he's like, look, no no dog in a courtroom is gonna bark at the gavel. It doesn't make sense. Dogs in yeah. the courtroom are Your trained. Honor, there is no rule saying the dog cannot be a lawyer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> did he, did he, pat, he didn't pass the bar. He passed the bark. Anyway. Oh. Uh, anyway. Two for I, two. I'm mostly honor, disappointed yeah. in myself because I saw where you were going as soon as you said bar. Yeah. I, te- I telegraphy <laughs> jokes all the time. Anyway, um, I don't have any more notes for this right here. So if you guys want to go into uh, Jamie ratings, we can uh, do so. Sure. Yeah, I feel like this is probably the one I have the least to say about. So, uh, I, I want to give it like a solid six. Yeah, it's it's a sweet movie. Um, it's not a good movie. Um, but you know, it's something that I think I could come back to. So I'd probably give it like a six point five, Jamie's. Um, it's it's harmless, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a cute kids movie. Like, again, kids kids will enjoy it, no problem. Uh, so you know it's it's like a yeah, it's solid six out of ten. Oh, if I could actually just rephrase mine, I'm not going to change the number any. 
uh, it's good enough that I'd rewatch it if it was already on a service that I pay for that should reasonably have it, given that they put their name <laughs> on it. <laughs> you know, I, I give Disney Plus a zero out of ten in this, in this <laughs> instance. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to ding Disney Plus real quick. Yeah. You're like, I wasn't even yeah, getting yeah. judged. All right, next movie will be uh, Beethoven. Ah, yes. Beethoven, the other yes, dog yes. movie. Yes, the other dog movie. Uh, the Two Dogs and a Whale, as we're talking about in two, this podcast. Two Dogs and a Dolphin? <laughs> two Dogs. Uh, excuse me? <laughs> Orcas or dolphins, dude? They're fish. All right. We're, I, I, I was going to say, I, I, I think you just derailed your argument in a smart way, David. Like, I don't think that was as dumb as it sounded. <laughs> no, they're truly dolphins. I, but anyway, we'll move on to Beethoven agreed. first. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can I, I tell say because that, of their sociopathic nature. Sorry, moving past. Well, <laughs> Spe- speaking of uh, sociopaths, so I think that St. Bernards are some of the most adorable dogs out there. I would never want to own one, but they're like some of the coolest dogs, though. Like you're talking about smart dogs, like you're talking about the, the Golden Retriever, the Airbud movie, like. This dog right here is incredibly intelligent. He looks a little goofy with his like eyes drooping or whatever, but like that dog is like fluffy as hell. And they've got knee problems, I think. But we'll leave they that. They do, which is sad. Yeah. Anyway, so I had a uh, a great line that I wanted to bring up immediately, which was, uh, "Ah, it's my first felony. I've committed a lot of misdemeanors, but no felonies." <laughs> yeah, this whole like <laughs> rickety back and forth. Uh, kind of goony thing that's going on, um, with these, with these knuckleheads. Uh, it's, it feels like it's part of a different movie. I'm just gonna come right out and say, yeah. It. You know, you know, what movie. It's, it, it feels like it's part of. It feels like it's part of 101 Dalmatians. I knew you I were gonna thought, say that. Yep. Except you just turn like, up the competence by like 20 percent. 20 percent more competent goons. Yeah, it's like that or like Home Alone, like those. It's like those. The it's the duo. No, you were right the first time. On. Yeah, yeah. Which it's just it's the the duo. Like I said, the the two goons just in general is basically like what it feels like. It's just like it, I've seen this this bit before. The only difference though is I've never seen it be with uh, Stanley Tucci. Right, uh, that's true. Very subdued in this movie, which is very sad to see. I saw his name was very excited <laughs> to see him be like you know be extra goofy and then. And nothing. He, just, he was kind of a little bit goofy. Yeah. yeah, it just wasn't as good. I was like, oh man, <laughs> guys, you had Stanley Tucci there. Let him, let him go. <laughs> just, just say action. Let me land on something real quick, specifically with the 101 Dalmatians comment. So, mm-hmm. um, interestingly enough, we have not just those the, the the goon duo, right? Like we also have. Uh, there's a scene. And I specifically remember this because the one in 101 Dalmatians is so memorable. Um, but there's a similar scene in Beethoven where Beethoven is watching TV and you see like a villain creeping around on the TV. And, you know, it's of course like giving you the sense that, you know, um, much like in 101 Dalmatians, you know, like the dog is being trained to understand danger through this medium. And it, it's, I thought at first that it was purely coincidental, but looking back on this movie, 
nothing about it is coincidental. Everything is 101 Dalmatians if it was just one dog, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah. what if what if it wasn't too many dogs? It was just too much dog, right? Like <laughs> all, all the dogs fused together into one dog. Yeah. <laughs> one dog who you just know why doesn't so big. listen <laughs> you... is everywhere all at once. Like... You raise an interesting point, the fact that we had to watch 101 Dalmatians get kidnapped, but isn't it just as important to catch the guys that steal one or two dogs here and there? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, volume of dogs. Yeah. You can't give too much weight to that, you know? Thinking of problems in America, uh, why are all the fathers in a lot of these like 90s comedies like the worst people? Okay, yeah. excuse me. I want to say... I a million percent assumed I was going to hate the father. That father was so damn patient. He put up with so much. Did you not watch the same montage I did? <laughs> no. Everything he I, I knew... said was going to happen, happened too. He, he I wasn't knew just a, a fact... grump. He was psychic. No, see, like, I knew for a fact he was going to get like a redemption arc. But like, there's no way on God's green earth that that man is married to anybody. <laughs> Nor has children with anybody. Yeah, I I think he was probably a different person before three kids. You know, I, I think that's... Aren't we, aren't we all? Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's the truth of <laughs> life, is that before three kids, you're a very different person. Well, yeah, like, I don't know, I don't know, like, his, his, like, his, like, OCD almost, like, sort of, uh, uh, way is so just it, it's very annoying it's very antisocial yeah behavior and it's like this is i don't know man this guy's uh personality is <laughs> really just really grinds me the wrong way i'd find it more frustrating if he put it on the others to make it work into his world you know because like does he like things a certain way yes but he's the one getting down on his hands and knees scrubbing it out to make it happen you know so it's true i, I it's not like the montage was him standing over his children making them clean up after the dog. It was them enjoying the dog while he's doing the work. Yeah. I feel like I've seen this meme before someplace where it's like, ah, dad didn't want the, the dog or cat. And the next image is them like cuddling together. It's like, oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we've all seen it. Well, all of us that have some connection with their dad still into adulthood. Like my dad's done that a few times over. Yeah, I I think it really does uh, depend on a couple of things. And in this story, you see those. Uh, one of them is, of course, like uh, almost a buddy comedy dynamic between the dog and the uh, between the dog and the father. Um, and, you know, because they're so at odds, you know, it it allows you to predict of course, you know, in a in a fruitful, interesting way that they're going to eventually become, you know, man and man's best friend, essentially. Say, do you guys know who uh, Scott Bakula is, by the way? He, Quantum the Leap, act- right? Quantum Leap, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought for like at least 20 minutes of this film that that was Scott Bakula. Oh, okay. like, this, he has, uh-huh. like, he, something, something's wrong. Something's wrong with his face, or whatever. I realized it's not. It's not him. Never mind. It's somebody else. Just somebody <laughs> literally different. Sorry, literally different. Yeah. You My know bad. what I just realized? <laughs> um, so I, I have seen Marley and Me in recent years, of course. Uh, I'm not a monster, 
And what I have always assumed Beethoven was is basically what Marley and me was. You know, I was like, this is just going to be a naughty dog all the time. But the truth is, Beethoven is kind of better than Marley. I mean, he's, he's a lifesaver. Yeah, he's, he's a hero. So the, the family also gets all the credit for the, uh, the defeating the bad guys at the very end. It's like the dog did a lot more work than the guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, the dog was arguably the Daphne of the group towards the end. I don't know. He got captured and everything, which is also clearly that's a joke because Beethoven was also the badass at the end. But also, I, I feel bad now for making that joke because I don't feel like Daphne got captured that often either. It was a weird stereotype they brought up for the movie, I think. Besides the point, that was a different podcast. Also, I gotta ask this question: What were the bad guys doing anyway? Like, were they like were they testing something on on dogs? Yeah, they were testing guns on dogs. At least they were on the big dogs for by the end because we don't know. It, it kind of looked like they might have been doing more medicinal testing before, and then the whole yeah, they, the guy yeah, with like, the explosive like... ammunition shows up and specifically asks for big dog breeds. Yep. Big dog like skulls. They have like you know the, like the the the, the injections, or whatever stuff. I'm like, wait, where's I? I thought I knew what's going on here, but I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> yeah, that was for the little dog that he yeah, asked for. It's it's a poorly oh, okay. set up, you know, just like this vet is a bad guy. Like they were like, well, how can you make a be- a vet a bad guy? Well, give him like you know weird medicine stuff to put in in the dog. Listen, yeah, I don't yes. care if this guy has served in the military before. He has no right to treat dogs like that. <laughs> I, I I think that also that the family drama is far more interesting than any like weird villain stuff. Like it'd be, I think it'd be more interesting if this movie didn't have any villains. Yeah, right. Like it'd be more interesting. If, like there was just like you know just the family drama in general. I think kind of sells the movie by itself. Maybe, but here's the thing. I was genuinely, I felt very on the edge of my seat, like, after, uh, how, how far ahead are we going ahead, by the way, in this? Or can we just talk Feel about free. kind of the whole uh, movie since we have? Go, go, yeah. go for it. Okay, go terrific. It, so, like, af- post-frame job stuff, I was like, how could they possibly get out of this? And I was like, you know what? He's just not, he's going to see the arm when he goes to drop off Beethoven. And then we cut to the vet, like, wrapping up his arm. I'm like, oh, guess he's going to. Uh, he'll accidentally grab something with it or something and then none of that happened and yep. he's dropped off and I'm like how how will they get out of this I just don't know and then it really wasn't that complicated truthfully but still you know like I was it, it had me wondering and paying attention yeah here's how stupid the dad is by the way okay so the vet said something about he needed like 37 or whatever it was 37 you're right okay and he the dog and the dad presumably at least uh, took Beethoven in pretty soon after the incident happened, right? Like, it was, like, within mm-hmm. an hour. It takes way longer than that to go to the hospital, get checked in, get 37 stitches, and then come out. That's, like, a three- or four-hour uh, wait time right there. True. So how would, how did that possibly happen? This, da- this dad's a moron. Well, so this guy's That's... a vet. He very well could have given himself stitches. Well, he said he would take care of it himself, I'm pretty sure, but yeah. Even still, it's like that's going to take a lot longer than this like the the hour. If, if anything, maybe maybe that's why like maybe the dad thought to himself but wasn't exactly in a position to be criticizing out loud, but he's like, "Yeah, maybe it took 37 stitches cuz you did it yourself with your one good hand." 
I, I gotta ask too. Have you guys seen the sequels to Beethoven? No. Nope. Are you aware? Are you guys aware of the fact that there is a continuity to these movies? Is there really? It's this. It's supposed. It's supposed to be the same dog in the same family. Obviously, the cast changes drastically throughout all the movies. But um, I think there's like a reboot that happened a couple couple of movies back. But uh, yeah, most of these movies have a continuity to them. It's the same family, same dog, all this stuff. Didn't they name them like Beethoven's Fifth and stuff or no? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 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 Trying to go with the the symphonies, I suppose. They never got never got to the ninth never got to the ninth one, which is what a shame. Honestly. What a shame, G. It's like it's like the Landry Ford time. Just stop name. Just stop giving them letters. Yeah, no kidding. Or numbers, either numbers. Um, but uh, I I will say one thing I'm a little disappointed about was that so there's a phone call at the very end of the movie that the dad picks up and I'm like oh here comes the actual investors for his uh for his company and I was like oh no it's just the girl's boyfriend I guess right yeah Mark <laughs> it was very disappointing on us I was like oh okay well you know I guess. Yeah, yeah this whole storyline about these oh, but because she yeah. was on tv or something exactly right it, it's so shallow it's so crappy it's like ah this doesn't mean anything the dad though had this whole storyline about all these like this these two evil investors one of them played by david duchovny yep who's uh, a terrific douchebag it was so nice <laughs> yeah. for him to play non-likable like, I like when I can like David Duchovny, but I love when I can hate David Duchovny. <laughs> yeah. He used to be in more movies, honestly. It's like, he was I'm in all like, for it. Evolution, and then, like, that was about it, <laughs> I guess. That was fun, too. We'll just hire yeah. him. It'll be fine. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure we can afford keep, him. If he keeps going down, yeah, eventually we can afford yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe for a cameo. <laughs> Perfect. Spend forty yeah. bucks to get him on a five-minute call. Yeah, you almost hope that he half-asses whatever we ask for, too, right? It's like that's that's what I paid for right there. There's this cameo, yeah. yeah. Dot com. I mean, one criticism that uh, Young Me had for these movies, I, it sounds like I'm getting ahead of me, but don't worry, I'm not. Uh, that did not hold up when I watched all three of these this morning. Uh, because that is how I did it. I watched all three of it before noon today. Wow. Uh, I remembered these movies as kind of, well, as very boring, to be quite honest. Like, not much happens. Like, there's a few fun sequences that would catch my attention as a child, but I just wouldn't look up that much from my Legos or my toy dinosaurs, whatever the heck I was doing. I was like, eh, Air Bud, cool, I get it basketball goes in the hoop and the dog is making it happen back to my t-rex you know but uh i'm glad we got to watch all three of these movies because i have much more of an appreciation for them and uh i i really didn't think i was going to enjoy beethoven i thought it was going to be my least favorite but i liked it more than Airbud at this point yeah um i was also like writing while i was watching, while I was watching these movies i caught I myself actually kind of like looking over like oh this is an, this is an interesting scene I wanted to, um, but I was holding my daughter through most of them, so. Now, the question, though, is, did she enjoy it? Uh, Free Willy is the only one that actually kept her attention like she would look at the screen. Oh, really? Yeah, Interesting. the others seem very boring to her. It's definitely, there are definitely no Bluey, that's for sure. <laughs> that's a good Bluey's point. A, Bluey's that's a, a 10 point. out of 10. 
Why do we Maybe just we should have just done this about Bluey, yeah. We should have, yeah. It's 10 out of 10, by the way. Just a Bluey podcast um, every week. That's what I think we should do. Yeah, Give the people amen. what they want. Every episode's a podcast. <laughs> Which uh, anyway, also, I, that, that was Air Bud's uh, new name from the clown. You remember? Blue. Oh, you're right. Yep. Yeah, it's Old, old Blue. blue. Yeah, so we, this are guy talk, didn't we did talk about Bluey a little bit. bother to name his freaking dog. Yeah, yeah and then I love that he was still using that name for the court scene when he's, like, trying to get him to run over. Come uh-huh. on, Blue, come on. It's just like, why do you think this is going to work? Sorry, I know we're supposed to be on Beethoven now, but that still had me. Like, why Why did he think that part would work? Because he had the newspaper. Yeah, I guess so. Which yeah. also confused me, but moving on. I'll beat you if you don't come to me. <laughs> yes, thank you. Well, so speaking of like uh, people, actors I thought were somebody else. I thought that was Paul Giamatti at first when I first saw the guy in the clown. But anyway, uh, I, I don't have anything else for for Beethoven. Um, yeah, I, I just said it's like it's not a bad film. It's just fine for you know family film. I'm sure kids will some kids will enjoy it. It's like a six out of ten though. You know, it's it's okay. It's not terrible. It's just eh. It's like just like Airbuds, like Ed. It's it's fine. Yeah, I I'm of the same opinion. Um, I I was actually gonna land on six out of ten myself. Um, and you know I'll say that Airbud has I think a, a slightly larger emotional significance. I don't know if that's out of nostalgia on my end or if it's literally just the way that it's designed as a story. But either way. Um, I do feel that way, and so I think that Beethoven just lands a little lower. All right, so here's where I'm going to be a contrarian, which you guys know that I hate doing it, but here it is. Uh, So I didn't exactly want to give it a 7, so I'm going to take the other David's step on last time. I'm going to give it a 6.5, because I actually did think it was better than Air Bud. Uh, Not that there was a problem with the mom in Air Bud, but honestly... I didn't feel like there was near as much. If anything, the parental child relationship in Airbud ruined what could have been the theme for uh, just like sure. parents and children connecting right. for the other two films. Uh, and, you know, like, don't get me wrong, it's great that he bonded with the dog, but, you know, I like the more, the family drama I found a bit more enticing. You know, when the dad is talking about how. Uh, his father had to put down the family dog and now he's having to do it to his own family and uh, like when that scene is happening I can't help but like look over to like my dog's ashes on the mantle and feel like uh, how bummed out I was when I had to do it like that pulled me in way better like my dad's still alive sorry Airbud. I don't get it uh, <laughs> sorry bro I, yeah, sorry about that bro but it's uh, I definitely it's hard not to compare those when they're the two dogs of our two dogs and a whale podcast. Uh, whoa, whoa just, I, hey. I got drawn in way more with the characters. Like, I never disliked the characters in Air Bud, uh, but I didn't, like, leave attached to them either. Like, I'll be thinking about Josh, you know, or even when I was young and it would have been more reasonable to be thinking about a Disney Channel original movie. Um versus you know uh beethoven where there's actual like complexities of like that father trying to make it work with his kids and to not be so stern because despite 
my preconceived notions and what has already been alleged, nay, even slandered at him from YouTube for shame, that dude was putting in an effort all film because even if he started off as a hard ass, and I admit, like, dude was still a hard ass through most of the movie, he put in such an effort the entire yeah. time. If he wasn't putting in an effort, he would have avoided so many of the suckiest things that happened to him. Mostly, I'll say, in that montage, but all the same, you know? Like, if if he didn't treat it as his problem, first of all, no one would have, and then the house would have fallen apart even faster. But, you know, it, uh, I'm all for the dad and Beethoven. I say give it at least a 6.5. Nice. All right. Nice. Um, we'll agree just to disagree on everything you said, David. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now on to uh, Free Willy. Great. Um, and this is the point where I have to remind everyone that uh, orcas <laughs> are, in fact, dolphins. You said fish, right? Okay, great. Um, Would you guys I, mind, I actually, before we get too taken with this, uh, uh, can I tell you what I thought this movie was before? Sure. Like, because I watched it as a child, and I was like, do I even need to watch it? I've watched it so many times as a child, I remember what happens. I was under the impression that the movie, when I rewatched it today, was going to be like, oh, there's Jesse, you know, he gets pinched, you know, but he was with his buddies, and then, you know, he goes, he makes friends, he hangs out with Willie, and he's like, I don't like how you guys are taking, how you're treating Willie. I think he needs to go free. I, rem I remember the whole, like, family in the cove singing stuff, and I'm like, all right. So in my mind, this movie was going to be almost an Ocean's Eleven style for the back half of the movie, where they're like, how are we going to get Willie out of there? Oh, you and thought it was then a heist eventually film. he would okay. like Yeah, and he would like lean on his old friends. I was like, Yeah, I think the other kids like pile in and they're like helping to make that all come together in the end. And then I'm watching it today and I'm like, Yeah, none of that happened. It's it's like a <laughs> spur of the moment, like, they're trying to murk Willie, we gotta get him out of here. He's got shooters and so it <laughs> And his Especially friends when, when his I... friends never come back except to say goodbye, that one of them like I, it's I completely I misremembered entirely what happened in the movie, and I'm glad I rewatched it because it's it much better. It would have been hilarious. Better. It would have been hilarious if you just didn't watch the movie. We start talking, and you're just like, "Wait a second, uh oh, uh oh." <laughs> yeah, no, and I mean, I I kind of get why I didn't get on to it as as a kid, just because so much of what I was able to attach to this time around, once again. The family drama, which I think is the best out of all three of the movies, like I, th those parents took way too much. But now that I've said that, sorry, back to wherever we were going to start from. Yeah, I well, honestly, let's just talk about the parents for a second. Sure. Here. Yeah. I I gotta say, I I feel like the the foster family in this was incredibly healthy. Yep. And very it was real a, characters. It was actually, a, a nice. It was mm -hmm. a nice way of looking at at that kind of dynamic, and it's like, you know, the Michael uh, Madsen character, mm -hmm. like he could have been so different. He could have been like the other dumb, you know, uh, was Hick type kind of character. Well, and let's be real. Did you but guys like, assume? Because I assumed he was going to be a not great dad, you know? Yeah. And it sh shoot, like those parents aren't perfect, but they are trying. There's clearly an effort being made by them too. Well, say if you ever watch like Reservoir Dogs. It's like it's like burned in my memory now of like this guy is a total psychopath. Yeah, I, I think there's something to be said regardless of 
you know, regardless of the actor choices and everything, like there's something to be said for the way they wrote him as well, you know, because mm-hmm. I, the thing is, like you said, like in a lot of these situations, the uncared for, unwanted child is still a victim even when they make it into a foster family. And so for that not to be the case this time is not only refreshing, but it was kind of unheard of in 80s media. Uh, or I guess this is like early 90s, but still. Yeah, but yeah. once again, I do like that while they are portrayed the way you're describing, that they didn't make the dad perfect, you know? No, like neither of still, them. Yep. Like he would get his feelings hurt and then he would like bring up the kid's mom and then like, yeah, it like, why did you say that? You were doing so well with the kid. And it's like, well, that's because he's human. And he was yep. offended in the moment, and then he misspoke. Like, it's that I thought that was really good writing, even if it's like, oh man, you made a problem out of nowhere. You make these characters are making their own problems. Felt very that's, organic that's in that yeah. instance. Yeah. Yeah. That's all that's a life works. A lot of times you'll say something really wrong, and then it's like, you guys aren't, you aren't friends anymore with somebody, you know? Like, I talk about how awful uh, one of David's here is all the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now we're not I just, friends. I don't actually mean it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait, what? I told, I told the other David. Oh, no. Yeah, and I wasn't going to apologize either, so this must really hurt. Um, I, I will say that um, what you're touching on, David, is really interesting uh, because, you know, there's this whole dynamic that um, writers kind of talk about, which is that, you know, like what people what people want is typically, if written interestingly... Um, at conflict with what they do. And, you know, of course, that's exactly what happens with multiple of these characters. It's not just Jesse. Um, and so, you know, seeing that take place at multiple levels uh, throughout the film, um, yeah, I think really helps kind of uh, dimensionalize these characters far more than you can say for any uh, of the other films that we watch. I, I feel like as if the easiest thing in the world would have been like, you know, with a scene where, uh, what the, I forgot the kid's name is now. Jesse. Um, Jesse. He throws the baseball through the glass, through the window, rather. Mm-hmm. Like the easiest thing in the world would have been to have Michael Madsen's character say, I don't want this kid here anymore. He's a big mess and try to take him back to the, the you know, the orphanage yeah. or whatever. And then have a change of heart, maybe, or whatever. But it's like, no, instead, it was like he didn't yell at the kid. Um, they all kind of came to an understanding of what's happening here in this situation. They actually shared their feelings, which was nice. And it's like, you know, this this was this was nice. I, I liked it. I'm glad that they did this correctly, I think. Correct. Yep. And since you, you know? brought up that scene, I just want to point out, because it was uh, a big part of my viewing experience. So that's a very emotionally charged scene. And, you know, especially... Uh, being so new to fatherhood you know my daughter's like seven months old uh you know i was uh, that was the first movie i watched this morning and she actually hadn't woken up yet and it was right at the end of the baseball scene where i heard her crying from the other room and i was just like oh no i gotta go get her i gotta be a good dad like michael madsen (laughs) that's that's why you're new heroes now (laughs) it's a standard you gotta hit at least um, can we talk about the the the, the park? By the way? Yeah. Just like the um, so obviously it's very much hinting at like the Sea World style where it's like you have the right, but um, decrepit. 
orcas and dolphin. Yeah, very, very much so. Um, and so I'm sure everyone here has uh, has feelings towards uh, one way or another on how to treat the orca orcas in places like this. Right. Uh, they def it's it's interesting what this movie kind of did for uh the movement of getting uh orcas out of like the smaller tanks to make sure that they actually had like the something at least a little larger than what they're in um then bringing up the whole like the door the uh was it called the dorsal fin the dorsal fin uh, yep. dorsal fin dorsal thank you dorsal fin uh bending over in captivity they have no idea why it's happening it's like that's actually interesting <laughs> oh yeah you know they actually brought that up and they, they didn't like they didn't shy away from that at all well, what I was just going to say, because it's a quick one, is that uh, they even took the time to point out that the not that all keeping killer whales is great just in any circumstance, but that uh, Willie was taken out of the wild uh, too old and too big. Like, he was already raised, basically, as a wild orca. Yep. It, not that it's lovely for them to be stealing calves and then raising them in captivity entirely, but, you know, they would have... They wouldn't have the memories, you know. They wouldn't be used to having an ocean to call their own. Yeah. Well, they were already, um, like, you know, they'd already socialized with their pod. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, socialized there with their pod. So like now, it's like he's just totally separate from all. It's it basically it's family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I think it's also kind of a strange thing to watch this movie where it's like the idea of the movie at the very end is to free Willy right out back into the ocean. Uh, but we're watching a trained orca in a movie about a trained orca trying to escape. Right. Captivity. <laughs> it's a little weird. Think about that. The, the weird like layers there. Yeah. But um, uh, I mean, and just cause we don't have to get too far into it, but I, I have to ask, do you guys know about what happened to the whale that played Willie? Yes. I am fully aware of what happens to the whale. Okay, well, I just want to point out, like, there's, I couldn't help but think about it while honestly enjoying the movie, uh, that, boy, like, Willie gets to be free, and it's going to hold up, like, when he gets brought back to his family, because, ah, whatever, he was already a wild orca, it's not like he's a captive orca, I mean, and always has been captive orca, that would have to adjust to the wild. Right. And they did so much preparation, unlike in the movie, where it's spur of the moment, apparently, not Ocean's Eleven. (laughs) <laughs> Ocean's <laughs> Eleven, that's the pun I should have gone with. Damn it, David, think this through next time. Anyways, think, uh, David, think. <laughs> I know. Okay, but yeah, uh, they put all that effort into actually training the real-life whale, and even with all of the support and all of the training that they gave, yeah, it was it did not work out well. No, just, uh, I think it was like one year in, uh, died of pneumonia. Yeah, basically loneliness but yeah led yeah. to it getting sick it couldn't socialize yeah. it just like it would fight it would end up i think it ended up in norway um which is interesting uh that it just traveled all the way across there yeah <laughs> just like where's people at <laughs> and it's a fan of blondes so yeah i get it yeah yeah so yeah i mean obviously uh orcas are extremely social creatures um orcas have the largest empathy centers in their brain of any animal fun fact um so you'll remember that forever um but you know one of the more important things is that uh you know there are different dynamics with uh these creatures 
and how they're obtained, how they're handled uh, in places like this. And, you know, I think that it's important that people, uh, you know, that they they become aware. And so a movie like this, when we're getting back to the actual movie, I mean, what's the first thing they did? Which you don't see this anymore. Um, or you should, but you don't. Uh, they have a hotline you can call at the very end of the movie. To like learn more about they did, right? yeah. yeah to learn more about how yeah. you can like be a part of uh you know the activism that helps these creatures you know wild and not um and so it's I interesting wonder if that hotline still works I I wondered that too I was like should I call right now before it was the to call yeah. <laughs> yeah. you should and also should call for us call on since we are talking. Call- yeah, call the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since we were talking about that moment, I wanted to point out that a thought that I had uh, right before they give us that uh, the line and they tell you how to help. Uh, the vibe that I was getting from it, which very much shows the time, especially with the music and then just the background footage, it felt like they were going to start like throwing up text telling us like. Willie went to dentist school and he's an orthodontist, you know, <laughs> over on a beach in California, you know, and yeah, Jesse's a pro Jesse skateboarder. At? Just like it, that's what I, it, it felt like we were about to get the like, this is where they ended up rather than the, you know, this if, is what you can do to help. If you ever watched the movie American Graffiti, right? Um, they decided to add the very end of the movie that whole like, here's where all the characters are ending up and like some of them end up. Uh, in horrible places, like like what if like it shows like uh here's Jesse he goes back to the orphanage a year later. <laughs> here's Jesse he's yeah he 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 ran away from his lovely family, and is uh is now smoking crack. Yeah, he went he went to go he went and found his uh, friends who by the way I was very surprised by the fact that like the people that he was hanging out with like didn't end up being like some you know total jerks i mean they're obviously delinquents yeah i thought they were gonna like, be antagonists they weren't like, they were like yeah they actually weren't there's like i was like that's kind of nice it's it's a weird it's really nice yeah everything you expect from this not, movie not is great. not at all yeah, what you get yeah, yeah yeah there's like so much lazy writing you could easily have in this film and they actually did not go in that direction which was kind of nice which is I, I i did give this a little bit higher rating because of that yeah, yeah. right like uh, for, I, I for, was gonna give it. one example that bothers me like uh maybe one of the reasons i could never really get into stealing is like i don't go very far places like i'm pretty much just going to be around where i would be if i stole shit so like when he's stealing things throughout the movie you know and the way that like you would get caught like the fish for example and then later he comes back and he buys a fish from the same guy, and the guy says, "I should charge you double." Like I, yeah. I like you should, that. By the way. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> dude. Yeah, it's like it's it's weird that you came back to the same fish market to the same guy that you stole from. Yeah. But I dislike it less when it gets acknowledged by the other guy. Yep. Yeah, I I also gotta say like I love the uh, police officer in this uh, Dwight. Mm-hmm. Like he's uh, yeah, like Dwight. such a he's a he's a great human being. Like this guy is awesome. Like he's he's very caring. He's you know he does apparently he like uh, pulls some strings to keep uh, Jesse out of uh, wherever it was he said he sent like to you know juvie uh, juvie or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He also knows how to make a point and punctuate it 
by standing with one leg, like the knee up. Oh yeah, the the power move. Oh yeah, yeah that was that was great. From like <laughs> you know school VHSs. Yeah. So you want to know about crack cocaine? Yeah, no, he had the he had the PSA. <laughs> he definitely had the PSA. Yeah. You know, uh, stance. Like he did the pose, which made me laugh, but he nailed it, which made me like Respect only chuckle. Yeah. Like, Let's tone that down. That's it. Yeah, no, I, I, again, like all the characters in here, I liked a lot. Uh, the kind of like the, the guys who ran the park, though, it's like, eh, I don't really care about them at all. They weren't like they, they weren't like compelling villains. They were just kind of like, no, one of them was almost was almost like uh, mustache twirling in some parts. Right. <laughs> but it's like even then, it's kind of like they weren't like, like they really weren't that much of a focus. I think that most of the focus was just on the. Filming dynamic, the the kid kind of uh, accepting, you know, uh, reality, especially with his, especially about his mom. Yeah. Well, and that's what um, I was going to say is like the villains. It's almost like they had the villains were an afterthought almost. Like they're like, do we even need to show these guys? We'll just say like the guys running the place, blah blah blah. And then they're like, you know what? We need real actors in here. Let's go ahead and shoot that stuff anyways. You know, it's the villains. They could have been anyone. Yeah, they're just they're just tacked on. Yeah, it's like they got the the cousin of the director real fast to come in and read some lines. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't just, want to just, criticize just them as far as their acting ability because I I like the they can both be good pain in the asses for as other characters, you know. Uh, well, I think one of them is Ironside, right? And he's notorious for being a good villain. I, I think it's more that just they weren't written in a way that was useful to actors. You know, yeah. I mean, like, you again, they could have been that anyone. That was just part of shooing it in then, you know? They're like, well, who can play a villain? Well, you know exactly. who can play a villain. Yeah, and then they yeah. just didn't bother to write them, like you said. They're just like, hey, say, say some lines, some villain lines, and then we'll move on. Uh, can you sound uh, menacing? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> At least they didn't do that. They didn't have the evil laugh in there, thank God. Uh, but the twirly mustache was definitely happening in some parts in the movie. <laughs> I won't lie to you guys. I I thought this was going to be the movie that I disliked the most out of all the three. Yeah. Because it's been a while, and mm-hmm. I, I knew that it was more serious in tone. That I remembered. And so I was like... Yeah, I'm probably not going to like it because I don't remember liking it as much when I was a kid as the others. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. Agreed, yeah. No, it, yeah, it, 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 it doesn't prove me wrong. Uh, uh, take that, Chris. Uh, the two things I will point out, uh, and uh, uh, this first one I actually noticed in the middle of thinking to myself, wow, I'm enjoying this movie more than I thought I would. Uh, and then I noticed this mistake immediately after. So once Jesse is actually like in the pool, like swimming around on Willie, uh, and they'll just go back and forth between different shots. And some of the shots, his hair is wet, and others, it's dry again. Oh man, so, continuity! I'm just saying, continuity oh, no. right there. It's like you know what? The whole movie. It's not that movies can't have continuity errors. It's that in my head, like everyone knows, Free Willie. Free Willie is supposed to be a good movie of a certain caliber. And it's like, oh, well, I mean, it's got mistakes in it, if nothing else. But yeah, yeah, it's still a good movie. And the other thing is, and I don't mean this as a genuine criticism because it's the times. The CGI whale at the end 
my oh, lord. Oh, sorry. The CGI dolphin at the end. I, I, <laughs> that it was, some of the shots were better than others, but some of them, you know, it just looked like a computer game from the early 2000s. Additionally, Willie worked way harder by jumping over the kid. He could have just jumped like a long, whatever. The kid's like three, four feet tall at least. I mean. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, that actually happened. That that jump was real. I was talking about that whale, can, that, that, that uh, whale, the fish can, uh, <laughs> can absolutely make that kind of jump. <laughs> You're making yeah, me I, mad, listen, Chris. I'm not going to argue about that. I'm just saying. I'm trying to trigger, trying to trigger Young here just a bit. Sorry. He did not need to try so hard. Yeah. I mean, I like the fact that I looked, I looked up something about the movie. And one of the questions somebody asked was, like, can can the uh, orca actually make that kind of leap? It's like, no. Of course not. What are you, what are you, what are you stupid? What are you, like, actually dumb? Can you? <laughs> like, that's what you yeah, should ask. Can you? Yeah. Yeah. Like even with the superior <laughs> muscle power that uh, an orca has, do you do you think that you could do it proportionally? Do you think that that is something you could accomplish? No, I didn't think so, because physics, my friend. Um, <laughs> I will jump in and just say it's interesting to me that, uh, and this is most definitely like a un- unanimous thing, uh, from what I can tell. Free Willy has been the one of the three that is clearly the most deserving of, like, artistic criticism on our ends, uh, whereas the other two have had very few actual notes. Um, so that's something that I noted just now as we were, like, talking about, like, the writing of this and how it was, like, I mean, even just us thinking about the continuity of this movie versus thinking about what, you know, Airbud or... Beethoven might have missed it's interesting that we didn't think of that because I think we were so clearly enamored by Free Willy where we weren't with the other two but that's just... say, I'm going to be the contrarian here and say I disagree with everything David just said Okay, I was going to say that I'm glad that you <laughs> landed where you did on that one because yeah I could understand us being more, having more criticisms because we paid better attention but yep. additionally I can't remember if this is true for uh, Airbud, but I know for certain it is true for Beethoven. It had cartoon sound effects. <laughs> and it is just hard for me to be critical of anything that is using sound effects that can be described as zany. <laughs> you make a good point. Make, make, a note of, make a note of that. Yep. Our next, our next movies are going to have uh, all uh, wacky you know, uh, Looney Tunes sound effects now. Zany, I think, is the word he used. Yes. Yes, zany. It's yes. one of them, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that those are on their own tier, uh, and that Free Willy is of an artistic tier, which is very different. Punish them for their ambitions. I also try not to, like, judge movies, like, based off of other ones in the first place, which is, like, with, like, grading them. You know, so this one, I'm trying to try. I'm trying to separate it out from the other movies. Sure. But at the same time, it's kind of like, yeah. But at the same time, though, it's it was it was better in a lot of aspects. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, but at the same time, yeah. Um, this one actually had a lot of heart to it. Yeah. How you how know? are we gonna avoid comparing if we assign yeah. scores to everything? Yeah, especially when I mean, let's be real. 
in addition to the cartoon sound effects, I would say soundtracks. We didn't take the time to dole them out like our opinions on those, but I think real quick I could just say Airbud, least interesting sound. You know, I'm not think I can't think of that the music right. they had going. Beethoven, I mean, a lot of times they'd be riffing on actual Beethoven music and making it cartoony and zany. Whatever, fine. The Free Willy music I didn't realize was going to be stuck in your head for a day. And not only that, it was a big part of the movie, like him with his little harmonica. Sure. And yeah, yeah, like I, I like the sounds that you know our characters aren't necessarily hearing. I love when that stuff goes alongside with what they're doing. Yeah, they clearly had a composer for that film. Yeah. Yeah, no, they actually yeah. point to make. Yeah. <laughs> was just somebody on a, like, hey, uh, Bob, get back there real fast. We, just, we need a soundtrack for when Airbud hits the ball into the basket. You know, just just, just pop it around. five minutes, get five minutes. You know, somebody actually spent a little more time on this one. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm I'm just gonna give it a seven because you know what? I was leaning towards eight, but I am taking what you said to heart about not comparing it too much to the other two movies and. I actually think there might have been a little bit of that going on that like Air Bud and Beethoven made Free Willy look better, not because they're bad movies, but because they're a different caliber. Yep. So uh, seven. Seven is what I'm sticking with. Yeah, it kind of makes it look like a Da Vinci painting suddenly. It's <laughs> like mm. comparing the two. Um, but for me, I'll, uh, I'll go and say it was also seven as well. I had like a, a, like a near an eight as well, but now I was like, you know what? Like, it's not an eight though. I'm not, I'm not gonna rewatch this movie again, probably unless I'm like with my niece or nephew or whatever. But like at the same time, it's like it's not a bad movie. I think it deserves, you know, deserves a lot, deserves a lot of recognition for what it uh, what it pulled off, you know. Especially again, it's, it's the '90s, so <laughs> mm-hmm. good luck. Yeah, so I'll say that. Apart from actually some places, like, so the opening scene is a little indulgent, you know? I mean, you're just watching whales, I mean, you're watching dolphins, uh, you know, like, over and over in the water for a good five minutes or something. Um, finally, you get a, you, have a, you have a problem with that? It's just, it's not, What's the issue? it's not part of the movie. <laughs> it's... It's the opening titles, man. Who cares? <laughs> it's it's a very eighties way of handling the opening titles, and I've never cared for that. Um so I, I like getting right into the story. So but despite the few small things that I have problems with, um, it's a rewarding experience. It's something that I definitely would watch again now that I know the story. I I would comfortably give it a seven point five on Jamie's. Yeah. I definitely want to watch the uh, Cantu version of the Ocean's Eleven <laughs> version yes. of Free Willy. <laughs> hey, don't I'm forget kind of there, there are uh, <laughs> there are sequels. So maybe David maybe you're remembering something like that. Free Free Willy Two, yeah. yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they made three, so God, these movies weren't like absolutely terrible. These were you know, these were fine. Mm-hmm. I was expecting them to be like fours and threes. So the fact that they were much higher than that uh, was uh, was great. I, I wrote. I remember uh, coming with the list of the for these movies, thinking, "Oh God, it's like another torture podcast." Here we go. And then it actually wasn't. It was nice. 
Um, speaking of uh, good movies, um, there are uh, two short films that we made uh, that are premiering in a couple different, different film festivals here. Uh, one of them is Blind Sight, which is premiering in Topeka wow. at the Slash and Bash Film Fest on Saturday the 26th. Wow. And then the other one is called Hole in the Ground, which is premiering at 307 Film Fest in Wyoming Woo-hoo. on Sunday the 27th. And I know for a fact that nobody in Topeka or Wyoming has anything else going on in their lives. So you should go to those film festivals. And has something interesting happen. He's right, you know. Watch our movies. I am right. All right, we'll see everybody on the next podcast. All right, bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Everyone heard it. Chris almost said hole in the wall. You know what he's thinking about. Bye. Love you. listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com. could spit out a dissertation but if i'm being frank there's a fart in the chamber so we should wrap this up in the next minute or so i can only (laughs) stave it off so long it's it's tyler's room so it's fine go for it well now i'm shy so let's give our numbers